microphone was on, so I apologise for my uh, as I, I really am pleased to be here. It sounds like I wasn't pleased to be here, doesn't it? Um, good morning if you're joining us in the building, and good morning to you if you're joining us online. Trinity Cheltenham, in the middle of a lovely sunny uh, Trinity, uh, lovely, sorry, sunny Cheltenham, and it's a sunny Trinity as well. Uh, I can't work out, you know, the weather is just doing my head, I, I, I lost touch. I thought it was meant to be cold and things like that, and then it turns out to be, to be sunny. Anyway, massive welcome to you, um, especially if you're here for the first time. Um, we did a wedding, actually. I did a wedding here on, on Friday um, for Ben and Anna from our church family, and uh, they had loads of people from Liverpool. Um, and then this morning, I've just met two welcome from Liverpool, and then Southport as well. So, you know, the Northwest is, is coming down the M5. Something, something's going on. But anyway, massive welcome to you if you're here for the first time. If you are new, Naomi. Oh, this is, my, this is my, I'm Andrew, this is my daughter. Hello, good morning. <laughs> I'm Nay. hello. If you were new, if what you would you do? New, Sarah, give us a wave. She's at the back at the welcome point. Hello, hello. She's got a lovely lanyard and a nice smile. <laughs> lanyard. Um, so go say hi to her this morning if you are new. And there's other ways you can connect as well. There are, there are. And uh, just wanted to say um, uh, the different things that you can do, you can see there. Um, we, uh, the way that we sort of communicate with people, send out our weekly newsletters. Um, you might have seen my smiling face on Friday. Um, that made your weekend, didn't it? Um, you can, you do a thing called Church Suite. You connect through our website on Church Suite, and then that leads you into to connect up and, and uh, all our newsletters each week we send out. Um, and then uh, life groups, so the heart of our community life is our, our life groups. That's really, you know, in a way, the, the core of Trinity life in those smaller groups. And uh, if you just email into the office, we'd love to connect you up. We've got lots of life groups, new ones starting all the time, so we'd love to have you that. And then the, uh, the third way is to serve. Um, it can quite often seem as a church maybe that we've got everything covered. We really haven't got everything covered at all. Um, so we need you but also, by serving and through serving, you get to, to, to meet people and connect with people. And if you are a newer person to us, or it's just a new season, and you're just thinking, how can I sort of kind of reconnect into church life, then serving on one of our teams would be a massive way of doing both things, getting connected and blessing us as a, a church family. So have a look on the website again, and uh, lots of information, lots of information there. Um, well, if you can, would you like to stand? We're staying all ages together for the very first part of our time. The band are going to lead us in a, a, an opening song. And then the amazing Naomi is going to come and uh, introduce our themes for today. You probably worked out already it's Palm Sunday, but there's some other stuff as well. And we're focusing in our teaching on the story of Zacchaeus. If any of us know that story, I'm sure lots of us do. Uh, Naomi's going to come and introduce that for us uh, in a little bit. But um, Jamie and the band, let's, uh, let's get ready to, to sing. So why don't you just kind of prepare yourself and just say thank you God for this morning maybe you might even just want to just quietly say that I'm sure in your heart you might even want to say it on your on your lips just say thank you God so much going on in the world at the moment thank you that we've been able to come here without worrying about the kind of things that people in Ukraine and other places in the world have to worry about. Thank you for the sun that shines. Thank you for people of all ages around us. Thank you that we're blessed as a church family with 
people in every different life circumstance and family situation. Thank you that we are family together, gathered around you, Jesus, your presence. You have invited us here this morning. So here we are. Come, Holy Spirit, God with us now, as we sing and worship together. Sing, let our praise.
welcomed in this place. Sing that again. To you, our hearts are open. Our posture this morning. To you, our hearts are open. Nothing here is hidden. You are our one desire. And you alone are holy. Only you are worthy, God. Let your fire fall down. Just as we remain standing and whatever age we are, we're welcome here. We're just staying together. We're being family. We're kind of speaking even in our presence against a world that tries and divides us up into different ages sometimes. But we say we're here, we're family. And God, thank you that you invite people of all ages, of all circumstances, to your table. So Holy Spirit, God with us, would you just please again give such a sense of your welcome to us this morning. You're cheering us on as we worship and praise this morning. Amen. So do take a seat. So we're all ages together just for a while. If you're joining us, welcome again. If you've just come online, uh, we're not envious of you having a coffee and a croissant because there are over here there are tables laden with a full English breakfast. You can't see them on camera, but just over there. No, we love you if you're if you're welcome. We know different circumstances. And again, yeah, welcome if you're here. I'm Andrew. I lead the team here at Trinity, and this is Nanny who's going to lead us into our theme this morning. Yes. So uh, if you came in and had a pack given to you, get those out. Get your voting card, the different coloured cards out, because we are going to have our quiz, uh, which is going to introduce one of our themes this morning. So, Hudson or Cheryl, amazing. So, first question, what is Palm Sunday? Is it A, a celebration of the palms of our hands, B, a celebration of our fingers, or C, a celebration of Jesus entering Jerusalem? Jerusalem? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Cast your votes. If you've got cards, C. There's three colours up there. Got I'm red, seeing a lot of yellow. Got blue. We've got I'm some yellow. C's. Yeah. Answer, please. It is indeed C, a celebration of Jesus entering Jerusalem. Okay, question number two. What did Jesus ride on as he came into Jerusalem? A, a unicorn. B, a donkey. Or C, a horse. What are we voting for? I'm seeing some blues. I'm seeing a red. See some blues. There's a red. A unicorn. There's a blue and a red and a yellow. Some blues up there. What's the answer? B, it is a donkey. Well done if you put blue up. A unicorn would have been fun though. Imagine that. Um, And final question. What's another name for Palm Sunday? Is it A, Branch Sunday? B, Twig Sunday? Or C, Passion Sunday? What do we think? Cast your votes. Seeing yellows. Seeing some C's. We've got a red over here, branch Sunday, a red over here, branch Sunday. <laughs> What's our answer, please, Cheryl? It is Passion Sunday, the other name for Palm Sunday. Amazing. Um, I think we're going to move back into our sung worship. Um, if you know the actions to this song, come and join, please. So let's stand if we're able to. Yeah, we just love having a bit of fun together as, as a church family. 
And uh, as Nay said, it'd be great if some people could do some actions to the song we're going to have in a moment. But here we are. There's lots of people in the world who sadly probably think that Jesus might have walked into or gone into Jerusalem on a unicorn. But we're sharing the truth that Jesus, everything that he did was pointing us towards a God who loves us, a God who's for us. That's why we're having this bit of fun together. And we're just going to ask, and Naomi later is going to share with us, why did Jesus make such a big show at the beginning of Easter week going into Jerusalem? That's our question that we're going to ask. And what does it tell us about God and his love for us? Jamie, are you doing some actions, Nay? Yes. Family affair, Nikki's coming. Who else could come and do something? What's the song? God's love is big. God's love is big. Anyone else come and help? Come and dance around at the front. You've got some, I think there's some shaky things. Is there some noisy, shaky instruments around? We need some noisy, shaky instruments. Here we go. Here's some people coming. Great. Go for it, Jamie. Any more going to come? No. I'm not. God's love is big. 
truth to sing this morning. We build our life. Let's sing that one last time, guys. I will build my life. When I will build my life upon your love, it is the firm foundation, and I will put my trust in you from 
every creature. When every creature finds his utmost melody, in every human heart is native cry. to grab a seat. Um, so, um, hello if you've just joined us um, in that time. My name's Nay. I'm part of the youth team. Um, and earlier we did a little quiz that started to introduce one of our themes for this morning, which is Palm Sunday. Today is Palm Sunday. Um, and there's just a couple of things that I want us to have a little think about this morning um, further into that story of Palm Sunday. Um, And one of those things is that I think Palm Sunday reminds us that Jesus is king. Jesus is our king. But 
He was a king that was unexpected. He was a king that was so different because of the ways that um, he used his power, that he, the way he exercised his power. Now, in the story of Palm Sunday, um, we found out in the quiz earlier that it was uh, Jesus entering Jerusalem um, on a donkey. And the crowd that was waiting for him, the crowd that welcomed him, they um, laid down palm branches and uh, kind of their coats, I think, that they were wearing. Um, and they were saying, Hosanna, as he entered. All of that, um, in that kind of time, that was um, how you welcomed, how you showed um, a king, how you praised a king. But back then and even now, Jesus was and is an unexpected king because of how he exercises his power. So there's going to be some pictures coming up, um, and I've got a couple of things for you to think about. So Cheryl, first picture, please. How would you feel or how would you react if the queen walked in the room right now? Quick little discussion with your partner. How would you feel? How would you react? What would you do? I'm seeing a sad face over here. <laughs> seeing a sad face. Seeing a sad face. So I don't know how, um, how you'd react, but um, the queen, she has um, some kind, she has an essence of power because of the position that she holds, but also the affection um, that a lot of people hold for the queen. Um, secondly, how would you feel, how would you react if Boris Johnson walked in the room. Have a little discussion with your partner. I'm hearing some claps. I'm hearing some woos, but also some maybe boos. Um, again, Boris Johnson, you could argue, has a bit of power because of his political job. Um, and finally, how would you feel, how would you react if Kim Kardashian walked in the room? Now, you may not know who she is, but how would you feel, how would you react? Again, discuss. Amazing. So some might, um, some might consider Kim Kardashian um, to have a kind of social um, kind of power um, through things like social media um, and her influence there. But um, I'm not sure that the power that any of those three people or maybe some other kind of icons that we maybe have um, in modern day have the power that actually we're looking for. Um, and as we move into this week, which is um, Holy Week, it's the week leading up to um, Easter um, next weekend um, and Palm Sunday today kind of marks the start of that week. Uh, the questions that, um, or question that I want to ask us um, uh, for us to have a think about is, what kind of king are you expectant of? Are you expectant of um, a king like Jesus? A king who his power is rooted in his servant-heartedness. His power is, it comes from his pure love. Or are you expectant possibly um, of a wrong kind of king or icon? A king um, with the wrong kind of power. Um, and so Andrew's going to help us um, to pray and reflect on that um, and help us to reflect on that possible right kind of power that Jesus holds. Not possible, that, that right power that Jesus holds. How can we, as followers of Jesus, use that power, exercise that power ourselves in different situations? So what I'd, 
what I'd love you to make sure you've got is a cross. Um, Sarah and some of the team and upstairs, everyone needs a cross, please. And we're going to hold these crosses as, as we, we pray. So as, as Nehem has just shared with us, we actually do know the end of the story of how things are going to work out on this earth. Because God has already shown us that his power is greater than everything and anything. And it's the power of the cross. When Jesus died on the cross for us, he was taking away the power of death. He was taking away the power of wars in Ukraine. He was taking away any kind of wrong power. And he was bringing God's love. Isn't that an amazing thing to know that God's love is bigger than anything that might frighten us or scare us, whatever age we are? And so just make sure you're holding across a moment and just think about anything that's worrying you at the moment. Maybe you know that your mum is worried about something or you know that your uncle or aunt is worried about something. Maybe you know your child or your young person is worried about something at the moment and you've been trying to think about how to solve that with your own strength or the ways that we do things when we're trying to solve problems. And we can just say, God, we need you. That person needs you. I need you. And then obviously there are some really scary things. And whatever age we are, we can be really worried about things, can't we? And we look at things and we can be confused about them. And we think, what's going on in Ukraine where there's that war? Or we can think about other situations. And what I do when I'm frightened about things and when I don't know the answer is, first of all, I try and do it in my own strength. And then God says, Andrew, aren't you old enough now to know that you need to trust in my strength? So again, as we just hold these crosses... We can think about Ukraine. We can think about anything that's worrying us or we're not sure about. And we can say, God, we need your love, your power. Dave from our church family, Dave Lee, is just going to come and share with us. Oh, and Rebecca as well, brilliantly. Thank you. So if you want to take these... Because as we're praying, and we are still praying, Dave and Rebecca are just going to share some of the ways that as a church family and others around Cheltenham and elsewhere are trying to give practical help to Ukraine. Because our prayers are always what we say and what we do. Dave and Rebecca, tell us a little bit about the Sanctuary Foundation project and other things. Um, hi, Trinity. Hi, everyone at home. Um, we are uh, looking to host uh, a number of families in 
Trinity Chapman. Uh, there is a small handful of us who have stepped forward uh, and said, yes, this is something that we would, we would love to do. Um, I guess our question today is, would, would you prayerfully consider whether or not you would host a family or help in some way? There's an opportunity not only for us to have one or two people um, that we might get connected through through different organizations but an opportunity to have a small community here within Trinity uh, through contacts that we have um, uh, in the county so it might just not be one or two it might be four or five or maybe even eight or nine we don't have a number so would you prayerfully consider how we as a church could reach out to those people and as I was thinking what we might uh, what we might do it, a Christian host might be able to offer a hospitable welcome certainly um, somewhere where they could rest and find peace food and drink fun and laughter may be a place of fellowship and a place of prayerful encouragement a place of sanctuary um, so is there a home that you could offer a Ukrainian family uh, and maybe Trinity could be a place where there is a family, a number of families, a Ukrainian community, a little bit of Ukraine here. We should pray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the two of you to pray and let's hold our crosses and pray for those things that Dave and Rebecca are going to just lead us in for. And there's a practical way that we can be expressing our prayer. Because as we look at the story of Zacchaeus later on, we'll see that what happened in his heart led into what he did. So we can pray the power of the cross now for Ukraine. Father, we come to you and we want to open up our hearts and our eyes to reach out to those that need your love around us. And whether that's here in Cheltenham or reaching out um, across Europe to those in Ukraine. Lord, we pray that you would prompt us and give us that nudge and that guidance in your timing to step into your will. And Holy Spirit, we, we ask you to come to us to be our help in all of this. And you are the one who, who guides us. And we ask that you only in your step would we do this. Father, move us. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. Holy Spirit, you are the comforter. And we ask that um, all those Ukrainians that live in fear and are fleeing for their lives Lord you would be their comforter wherever they are whether they're in the Ukraine whether they're in bordering nations or whether they've reached further western Europe wherever they are Lord I pray that you would be especially with the Ukrainians today bless them Lord Amen Amen thank you
So what we're saying is that God's love is bigger and greater than anything. Uh, we're supporting practical projects in Ukraine together as a church family. We've raised at least £17,000. I haven't heard a, a bigger update from that one, but at least 17000 for two projects. You can see them online, helping people we know directly on the ground. And Dave and Rebecca are coordinating anyone who would like to find out more about hosting refugees or supporting the hosting of refugees. And it's something that you'll need to talk if you've got children, if you've got young people, you'll need to talk about it together because it's a whole household response to household needs and family needs. So I want you to take this cross and I want you to put it somewhere really good. I know if you are in a workplace, you may not be able to show a cross publicly, but you could put it in your laptop bag or you could put it in your lunchbox or you could put it somewhere where you could, you could even sit on it. You could rest on the foundation of the cross. If you go to school, you could put it in your school bag. Or you maybe want to put it somewhere at home, that the power of the cross is bigger and greater. We do know the end of the story, however difficult it is, all the pages and journey and chapters that are on the way. Our children... And our young people are going to their groups, children to Trinity House. If you're a young person, 11 to 18, there are two groups now. One meets in the garage just over the road and the other in the Fusion Lounge. Please go and uh, enjoy. And if you're a young person uh, or a child in our church, I think you're probably going to enjoy over there more than you might enjoy here. Uh, we'll only just be a minute doing this, but have a chat to your neighbour. Just say hello. We won't put the timer up today, but just have a quick word while the children and the young people go to their part of church today, and then adults will carry on in here. Well, there we go. Great to have you with us again, as I, I said before. Um, do uh, look online if you want more details about Ukraine and those two special appeals. And do obviously speak to Dave or Rebecca if you're interested in 
finding out more about refugees. Um, and you can also contact through the church office and those contacts will get passed on to, to Dave and to Rebecca. And, and Dave, I know, and Rebecca are also coordinating with some other people in other churches across the town to think how we can respond together. So it is Easter week and there's a card that tells you everything if you haven't already caught on. What do you need to remember? You need to remember if you want to come here on Thursday for At The Table, you need to book a ticket so that we can give you a pit of bread with some lamb in it and do some stuff with families and others together. That's here. We're also hoping that life groups and others will do meals and things. For Friday, you need to remember that you can come any time between 10 and 3. Between 10 and 12, there are some activities in Trinity House for all ages, as well as the prayer stations in here. But in here, 10 to 3, prayer and worship stations come and go as we spend time together at the cross. There'll be communion every hour that you can join in with if you want to. And on Sunday, you need to remember Easter Sunday to be at Trinity House from 9.30 for breakfast for some croissant and some stuff to do to bring over and if you're coming in the evening you need to remember to come at 5.30 for pizza. You can do both. Um, we don't have a membership list as a church family. That's not the way things are done in Church of England, Anglican churches, but we do have a thing called the electoral roll. Don't worry if you're already on it. But if you're new to Trinity, you've worshipped with us for six months, we'd love you to join the electoral roll by signing up online. It means you can share in our governance arrangements, uh, our oversight arrangements, leadership arrangements and vote, for example, at our annual meeting, which is coming up. I have the real pleasure of reading Two Bands of Marriage before Tim comes to share with us this morning as he shares around the story of Zacchaeus as we continue our series on feasts that Jesus enjoyed. So, for the second time of asking, Yoan uh, and Zanka Okoko and Wallace Kabongo want to be married in uh, this church later uh, this year, and that's the second time of publishing their bands. And then Sean Young and Catherine Griffiths also want to get married uh, later this year. If anyone knows any reason in law why Yoan or Wallace and Wallace or Sean and Catherine should not be married by one of us, you need to let me know. But I'm going to pray for them, and I'm going to pray for Tim. Father God, thank you for the gift of your love. Thank you it pours out to us in every circumstance, every personal situation. But we do thank you for the gift of relationships and the gift of marriage, and we pray for Ewan and for Wallace and for Sean and Catherine. Bless them, we pray. And we pray for us, Lord, as we listen now to your word being shared by Tim. Open these hearts, open these ears to hear you speaking today, we pray. Amen. Great. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. Morning, everybody. Lovely to be here. Lovely to see you. Love this time of year. So grateful when we get to April and the sun shines and you know, all kinds of good things happen. The football season begins to move towards its conclusion. So welcome to those of you from the Northwest. Just give us a wave. Where are you? 
excited. You, none of you will be as excited as our worship leader, who is a southerner. Nonetheless, he's very excited about the game this afternoon. In fact, I can see another person who's going to be very excited about the big game this afternoon. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to be converted to loving football. All right? Liverpool are playing City. Uh, anyhow, you, you probably escape in the Grand National. That's probably why you've come, come south uh, to this. Anyway, you're very, very welcome if you're, if you're with us in the building, if you're with us online. Glad that you're here. And I'm Tim. And um, I was just thinking as we come to, yeah, we'll come to the story of Zacchaeus uh, of different kinds of stories. I remember years ago, Hills and I were leading a youth group in a different church, and uh, we took them away for a holiday in Norfolk somewhere. And on the first night, we had a guest speaker come. His name was Martin Smith. He wasn't the, the guy who went on to be the famous worship leader, but he was a Martin Smith. And he uh, had been caught up in football hooliganism at that period when it was kind of rife, sadly, in our stadiums and so on. There, there was all kinds of violence and horror. And he was the lead football hooligan for Ipswich, who were one of the more notorious gangs. And he was telling his story that first night to, to rapt attention. And he, I don't remember all of the details, but I do remember that for somebody so gripped by darkness, uh, his, his, his story of transformation was pretty dramatic. Uh, he had found himself having a dream about who Jesus was one night, and then shortly after that, in an encounter with the presence of, of light, the presence of God, uh, there was a kind of kingdom clash. He found himself at one point thrown across the room, no human forces involved, but decisively and dramatically, he came to faith and to put his trust in Jesus and then began a bit of a journey. And he was joining us some years into that journey, telling this story. And you can imagine people just utterly kind of gripped by it because we love that kind of testimony, right? And it was amazing, really amazing. There was a quirky additional bit to it, which was that um, in those days, it was tape recorder. We were recording this uh, talk on a tape recorder. And that night... Um, we were broken into. We were in a place in Norfolk, and some thieves came, and they stole all the gear, and they stole the recorder, but with the cassette still in it of, of this testimony. And I've always wondered, and maybe one day in heaven I'll find out, <laughs> there's this person who says, you'll never guess how I came to faith. <laughs> I broke into this place in Norfolk and stole this thing, and there was a tape in it. I pushed it. I thought, oh, what's going on here? Who knows? All our stories are different. What's your story? How would you tell your story so far? In terms of your interaction with the God of heaven, what would it be like? What would your testimony sort of read at the moment? Everybody tells that differently. All, all our stories are, are, of course, unique. What's the gospel according to, you know, David, Andrew? What's the gospel according to, to Sarah, Jane, Bob, whoever you are in the room? What, what's your gospel? Well, another thing that I like to ponder sometimes is, because we only get glimpses in the scriptures, don't we, these stories, is, yeah, well, when I get to heaven, actually, I will be able to hear a bit more of the, more of the story. Are you looking forward to that? You know, the, those glimpses that we get, but what happened next? Or what happened before? Or, or what was it like? Peter, what, what, actually, talk me through, what's it like to put your foot on water? What does that feel like? Daniel, what was the conversation going on through the night with the lions? How did you kind of interact and, and relate with them? What was, you know, what was that like? Lazarus, can you imagine? Where do you begin? Lazarus, well, just, woo. What was that like? Talk, talk me through. Zacchaeus. You need to be finding Luke uh, chapter 19, by the way. Zacchaeus, I'd love to ask him more. What was it like? Tell us more. We just get a few verses. And if we had you know, all, all the time in the world to talk, which, of course, we will. Um, what, what would you say? Elaborate, and then give us a potted version. And, here, and what we get is the potted version. And I think the gospel, according to Zacchaeus, would be, some, from Luke's account, would be something like these three things. Well, Jesus 
saw me. And he welcomed me, and he changed me. He saw me, he welcomed me, he changed me. It's not to be confused with Julius Caesar's testimony. He came, he saw, he conquered. No, he saw me, he welcomed me, and he changed me. I wonder if that's your testimony. I think it's actually at the heart. These are three strands at the heart of any testimony, because this is the gospel within the gospel, isn't it? Let's read the story. Just to remind us, it's super familiar to everybody, even if you don't know your Bibles, even if you wouldn't think of yourself as a follower of Jesus, you know this story, and I'm just going to read it again. Though. So, and as I do, let's continue to allow the Holy Spirit just to fire our imaginations. Get yourself there. Ask the Lord to, to put you there. Where are you? Jesus entered Jericho. He's passing through. The man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, chief tax collector. He was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was great line. But because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd, so he ran ahead. He climbed up the sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up. He said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once. He welcomed him gladly, and all the people saw it and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now, I'm giving half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. The son of man came to seek and to save the lost. He saw me, he welcomed me, he changed me. Let's just take a brief look in, in, in our fairly short time this morning. Zacchaeus, aged about five, I think, the, I can't remember the whole of the song. Somebody can tell me later, because you'll know it. Somebody will know it in the room. It, goes, it was something like, Zacchaeus was a very little man. A very little man was he. He climbed to the top of a sycamore tree to see what he could see. And I, and I can't remember the rest. <laughs> so, tell me, so tell me later. But what he wanted to see was Jesus. Let's just note that. This wealthy man, Zacchaeus, obviously, tax collector, wealthy, despised by the Romans. They're the occupying... Uh, despised by the Jews because um, uh, of the occupying force, the Romans, on, on whose behalf he was collecting the taxes. So he's, he's, a, he's an unpopular guy. I think we, we, we clock that. Occupying the city of Jericho here, almost certainly corrupt. His words impl impl imply that, don't they? You know, siphoning off some of this money for himself. And we can only speculate what's going on inside. Again, we don't know. Won't it be fun to find out? We don't know what's going on inside him. But can we speculate a little bit? It's not hard to imagine this guy as being a fairly troubled person. A pretty lonely soul. Jericho, remember, is the city where the first Yeshua, the first Joshua, came all those years previously had come. He'd brought the walls down at God's instruction. And I'm pretty sure that inside of Zacchaeus, whatever he presented on the outside, there would have been some walls up. There would have been some walls of protection because that's what we humans tend to do, isn't it? We put up some internal walls. We hide behind them or there's some stuff behind them that we're not sure we want anybody else to, to know about. But probably there's somebody behind those walls in Zacchaeus' heart who is aching for something different. He's aching for a different kind of life. He's aching for forgiveness. He's probably aching for an end to his self-loathing or sense of, of who he is or, or for purpose or whatever, for redemption, for acceptance, for love at its most basic, I'm sure. The question that hangs over today would be what's lurking behind your wall that nobody else can see but God can. And here comes this next Yeshua, same word, Hebrew Yeshua, Joshua, Jesus in Greek, Jesus in our language. 
Here comes the next one. What's he coming to do? To tear down walls. The one who sees behind walls, the Savior, that's what the word means, Jesus means, Yeshua means, Joshua means. And there's something about this wandering rabbi in, in, in Zacchaeus's awareness of him, isn't there, that just inspires, I think, a bit more than curiosity. Could this be the one who could do something about the stuff that's behind the walls, even bring the walls down, set me free? from this prison of sin and shame and all of that. Meet me in my loneliness and my need. So sure, Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. And let's clock the phrase. And we could do, there's a whole bunch of other sermons in in there. I'm not going to give them today. About hunger, about need. I want to see Jesus. Is that the narrative of your life right now? Will that be amongst your biggest desires or top of the list? Where, where are you on that, on that sort of scale? We've sung about that and, and we need to continue to pray about it. We could talk about how do we deal with the stuff that gets in the way of hunger, in the way of, um, you know, the, the apathy that arises, the, 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 the distractedness that means that we're not as passionate as we might want to be, all of that kind of stuff. The need for enough hunger to push through the obstacles. His Zacchaeus, he was short. He, to some extent, he, in order to see Jesus, he had to overcome some things. He had to let enough of his desire out to, to face the obstacles. Maybe the derision of a crowd who recognized him and climb up the tree. Maybe that was easy. Maybe it wasn't. Probably other obstacles too. If he hadn't done that much, not, what, not much would have changed. But the truth is, it's still... The Lord's initiative. And we do need to clock that when we always think it begins with us. I say it here often. God was at work in this guy's heart, wasn't he? He was drawing him, he was provoking him, he was facing him with some of his needs and some of his longings. It's what John Calvin used to call of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of preparation of the Holy Spirit. In other words, that secret work that the Lord is, is somehow doing where he has a bit of access, facing people with their needs, stirring some kind of longing. They may not be able to articulate it. Jesus actually spoke about this kind of difference to the disciples as he sent them off. Do you remember at a different stage, he said, he said, go out with this good news, go and proclaim, go and demonstrate this good news, and some people will accept you because they're in touch with their need. They're in touch with that need. God's been at work, the Spirit's been at work. They're in touch with their need, and you've, you're bringing them the answer, and it will land on soft and fertile hearts. Is that where you're at right now? In other places... They're not so much in touch, they may be in touch with some needs, but they've got no sense of a need for God, no sense of a need for good news, none of that at all, and, and it won't land there. So yes, everybody's deepest need is the same, literally, everybody who's ever lived, the deepest need of everybody who has ever lived is exactly the same. It is to be brought into relationship with the Father who made and loves us. But not everybody has the same sense of that need or the same hunger for something to happen about it. And sure enough, the disciples find that out. I had a friend, actually, going back a few years, who, um, who, who didn't know the Lord, and uh, we used to chat about different stuff. I invited him once, had an opportunity to invite him when The Passion of the Christ came out. Do you remember that film? Uh, many of you have seen it. It's super powerful film. I mean, you know, hideous film, but incredibly powerful film. Showing down at the cinema down there. I invited him. He came. Yeah, sure, I'll come. Came. I sat next to him, watched this film. The end of the film, the, the whole cinema is completely silent, apart from the sound of sort of sobbing. I'm an absolute mess. Most people are a mess, having seen this extraordinary film. My friend here is as chipper as anything. It's like, oh, thanks, thanks for that. Do you fancy a beer? I'm thinking, have you, did, did you, in that moment, actually, as lovely as he was, no sense of need whatsoever, no sense of the Lord sort of at work softening his heart for that. I'm very pleased to say that a few years later he did and came to a crisis moment and, and he's following the Lord now wholeheartedly. But we're different in this way. 
But it's good, so it's good for us to remember this. Really good for us to remember. Everybody without Jesus is somebody who is in a, a, a desperate place of need, the deepest need. They're dead, according to the Bible. But let's be praying that God will be drawing us, giving us opportunity to bump into those whose hearts are beginning to stir, where there's a, a beginnings of, the, of the, the ministry of preparation of the Spirit, where there's a sense of, of hunger and wanting for things to be different. And I believe that was Zacchaeus here. He wanted to see Jesus. But his testimony is, Jesus saw him. So I'm coming to. That's his testimony. Jesus saw me. He wasn't actually just passing through. Well, he kind of was passing through, but don't you love this about Jesus? It wasn't an accident. It, it just, it's never an accident. So many places in the scriptures where he seems to be passing through, but actually there's an encounter to be had. The woman at the well, John 4. He's passing through Samaria. If you've seen the chosen uh, d- depiction of this, it's absolutely brilliant. But actually, no, there's a, there's a sense of intentionality and, and there's the woman at the well and they have this encounter and it changes her life. Bartimaeus at the side of the road. Another person in touch with his sense of need and hunger for the Lord. And Jesus turns aside because he's always interruptible. That you love that about him. Turns aside to to heal or to strengthen or whatever. He saw me, says Zacchaeus. He saw the real me. He saw the me behind the walls. He saw, and he goes on seeing. Let's keep that in the present tense. He saw, that's where it started. And then Zacchaeus' testimony, and, and then he went on seeing. I wonder if your testimony is the same. He saw you. When was that moment for you? For those of you who say you're, you're following the Lord. Where was that first moment? You became aware. He's, he's seen me. He saw me. One that he goes on seeing, doesn't he? For me, that moment was aged eight in uh, a bed on a summer camp for eight-year-olds down south in Swanage. I'm seen. This man is real. He sees, he knows, and he goes on seeing. Zacchaeus was a man who's short of inches, according to the, the famous story. What are you short on? It may not be inches, but it might be hope might be that you're long on anger at the moment, or you're long on frustration, or you're long on disappointment, or pain, or judgment. What's lurking behind the walls, friends? What are you short on? Are you short on hope? Are you short on peace at the moment? Are you short on a sense of purpose? Are you in touch with that? Are you in touch with what's behind the walls right now? Short on passion, short on energy, maybe? Jesus sees you, and he does not pass by not to those who want him to do something about it. The Gospel of Zacchaeus goes on. He welcomed me. And we've actually explored quite a lot of this in, in recent weeks as we've been looking at these incidents where Jesus is, is, is welcomed and people welcoming him, hospitality, making room, making time, always inviting, all of those things. Remember, he is on his way to, to Jerusalem. This is part of the Palm Sunday story, is part of it, part in the same chapter. He, he's on his way, he's got his... Eyes, head, mind set on the cross. He would be forgiven for not turning aside, wouldn't he? But he does. He stops, looks up, calls him by names, beautiful, intimate touch. Always interruptible, always ready for the one-on-one. I find that hugely challenging, by the way, if we're to, to model something of Jesus' life. Beautiful. And no matter that uh, Zacchaeus is part of the out crowd, no matter that he's unpopular, no matter that he's despised, no matter that there's a lot of ugliness inside him, no matter that he's full of shame and full of self-loathing, and that he can't do anything to make himself presentable to Jesus, nothing. He's just got to come as he is, so do we. And actually, no matter for Jesus, that he too faces some disapproval. 
from the, you know, the God squad, the elite squad who are always watching to see if he does something wrong. And he, yeah, sure, he's done something wrong. He's gone off to the home of a sinner. I always find that phrase ironic, as if there's any other kind of home. Any other kind of person. And Zacchaeus is so ready to do it. Verse 6, eagerly, gladly, full of joy. So Jesus makes himself at home in the house of this man and ultimately the heart of this man. Makes himself at home there. Just as he made himself welcome in Mary's womb. In a feeding trough, in a carpenter's shop, in a fisherman's boat. On many a hillside. In a borrowed tomb. Always happy to come to the the lowliest places, the places of need, the places of quiet desperation, the places of of darkness and disappointment, of need, because they're the ones where he's most welcomed. He's welcome behind our walls, friends. He saw, he goes on seeing, he welcomed and goes on welcoming. The welcoming never stops. Welcoming you, welcoming me today, welcoming us tomorrow, the next day, next week, into our stuff, into our hearts, welcoming us most of all into his presence. Again, this is a story of presence. If it's about anything, it's about presence. It's about connection, homes representing intimacy and places of encounter. He's always welcoming us in there, always, always. The door, his door is just never, never closed. The table never full of others, so there's no room for us. And we've explored a lot about that. Welcoming us at our best or at our worst. It doesn't matter. And then finally, he, he, changed, he changed me, testifies Zacchaeus, the gospel of Zacchaeus, and yours too. He changed me and changes me. We don't get too much of the story. We just get two responses. Andrew's referred to them already. We get two responses. The first is an emotional one. The second's a practical one. And both of them are evidence of, of something significant happening. Both are deep evidence of something real going on here, not just sort of imaginary and fluff for the moment. Evidence of somebody who gets this thing that we call grace. Spoke about it last Sunday evening, not going to say too much more here, but there's this scandalous notion, this scandalous reality that God won't sell us anything. We can't buy anything from God. We can't earn anything from God. We're offended by the idea that we get everything for nothing. Where else does that happen in life? takes us a whole lifetime to get our hearts and heads around it. We still find it slightly offensive because we're still trying to prove ourselves to God in one way or another. But Zacchaeus gets something of that, a life that you haven't deserved, you can't earn, you can't buy, just receive it and go on receiving it. And it comes with great joy, immediately. That comes with great joy, verse 6. All that pain, all that guilt, all that shame, it's beginning to be washed away at the touch of the king. Is that your story? He changed me. He began to change me. Here's Zacchaeus, hated, rejected, self-loathing, probably tax collector. He's now Zacchaeus, not rejected, but accepted. Not hated, but loved, forgiven, son of God, a new creation. And, And then the evidence of that new creation begins flowing straight away, doesn't it? The evidence of a heart that's had a decisive turnaround and is on a new track begins immediately to get expressed because faith always leads to action, not to get the approval, but as a, as a result of the touch of love, as a result of the touch of the king. 
And you know, we, we know the story. He, he takes responsibility for some of the stuff that he's done in the past, some of the people that he's hurt. He has a, his heart begins to be a generous one, not a stingy one, and, and we'd love to know the rest of the story. His ways begin to change. A few days ago on telly, not that we watch a whole load of telly, but we turned on and there was The Greatest Showman. Everybody catch it? I'm going to imagine that most people in the room have seen it. Incredible film, beautiful film. And um, it was right in the middle of that song, This Is Me. And I'm not going to play it, but if, if you've got the soundtrack in your head, sort of remind yourself of it. It's a remarkable, um, it's a remarkable moment. Here's Barnum. Uh, and his circus, powerful stories around a bunch of misfits, if you like, outsiders, people who didn't fit in, misunderstood, rejected by others, and they come to find their place of acceptance. And they come to find uh, some dignity and value and friendship in that place. And they sing this song, This Is Me. Here's a few lines from it. I'm not a stranger, it could, could be Zacchaeus. I'm not a stranger to the dark. I've learned to be ashamed of all my scars. Run away, they say. No one will love you as you are. But I won't let them break me down to dust. I know that there's a place for us. We are glorious. I'm brave. I'm bruised. I'm who I'm meant to be. This is me. Look, and look out. Here I come. I'm not scared to be seen. I make no apologies. This is me. It's a powerful song. song it, touches a, uh, it touches a pretty raw nerve, doesn't it? I reckon it's topical in any generation amongst any group of people. I'd say it's especially topical. Um, right now in ours and, and, and all sorts of things going on around identity and inclusion around the world. Who's acceptable and who's not? Who gets included and who gets left out and on what basis? And a part of that, full on, a part of that is the gospel of Jesus. There's a key story here. There's a welcome for all. There is a welcome for everybody. Our differences are to be celebrated Man City, Liverpool, <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> I need prayer today. Oh, my goodness. We won't go there. Light blue, yes. Dark blue, the label says it all. Other kinds of blue. All our, different, all our, all our differences, beautiful differences to be celebrated. You're vegan or a carnivore. I know which one I prefer, but we're all welcome. <laughs> Radio 1, Radio 4. Hello Magazine or The Times. Whatever. Nothing disqualifies us. We've got to hear it again and again and again, because the enemy will want us to think that we're disqualified. Nothing disqualifies us. Nothing. Nothing. From God's loving acceptance. As we are. Nothing. Faults. Failures. All of them. Yesterday's, today's, tomorrow's. Faults, failures, fears, the nasty hidden bits, the stuff behind the wall we don't want anybody to see. This is me. And Jesus says, okay, I'll take you on. You're welcome. You're welcome, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus didn't clean up his act before he went into tea with Jesus. Didn't scrub himself up, now I'm good enough, none of that. No, this is me, this is the basis on which I'm welcome. But uh, here's where the gospel of Zacchaeus, or if you like, the gospel of Jesus, part, parts company with the gospel of contemporary culture and actually that song from The Great Showman. Jesus changed me, and he goes on changing me. I need to change. So sure, the gospel of Jesus starts with acceptance, but it doesn't stop there. So he's the king of compassion. He understands Zacchaeus. He understands the trials of a broken world. But he never excuses our rebellious hearts. He doesn't excuse our sin, as the Bible calls it. He doesn't brush it under the carpet. He doesn't condone it on the basis that, oh, well, you suffered in this way, or you had that problem, or whatever. There's none of that going on. 
doesn't condone self-centeredness on the basis of something that's happened in our lives. And so we must be careful not to buy into our culture's narrative that no one needs to change anything. You just don't need to change anything. You do you, you be you, that's wonderful. We'll all pretend that we're tolerant in actually what is a very judgmental society. You're great as you are. No, the Christian gospel is that you're not great as you are, you're welcome as you are, but you need changing. And I'm here to help you do that that we don't stay the same, that we grow. And there's no great big hierarchy of victimhood or any kind of victim narrative. The, the, the kingdom doesn't do that. There's no victim mentality in the kingdom. And the reason, let's just be, remind ourselves though, that the king takes our sins so seriously, takes that rebellion and, and all of that stuff so seriously, is not because it offends him. It's not because it contravenes some rules and regulations that we're not supposed to contravene, or even that it keeps us from him, because it doesn't. Here's Zacchaeus, welcome. Sinners, welcome, as they are. It's because sin is stupid. Sin is really, really stupid. It's an act of self-harm, always. It damages us, it damages others. And it breaks God's heart to see that. It's just a really bad idea. And he loves us. So he invites us into the journey of transformation, all of us. There's the first moment, there's Zacchaeus, where are you at on this journey? There was the first moment and then there's all the ongoing moments. The journey of transformation. Salvation has come to this house, says Jesus. Salvation, somebody said famously, comes in three tenses. The, I, the past tense, I was saved at the, at the cross. My sins were forgiven and dealt with right there. But I am being saved in the present. I go on working out my salvation. One day I will be saved from all that's corrupt and broken in the world when Jesus comes again. Zacchaeus, you've made a start, very dramatic one for, for him. Very dramatic one for, for Martin Smith in my story earlier on. Less dramatic for, for me in my own case, and I don't know about you, but that's the starting place. And then there's the journey of change, of transformation. Michelangelo apparently looked at a block of marble and he saw within it the masterpiece he said, all I need to do is just get rid of the extra bits. The masterpiece is there, just need to get rid of the other stuff. Chipping away, and, and he chips away. That's a, a beautiful way, it seems to me, of, of the way that the Lord looks at it. Well, you're a masterpiece, I'm a masterpiece. But there's a bit of chipping away to be done to reveal the full extent of the masterpiece. That's the refining bit, and it's him who does it. That's the point here. He saw me, he welcomed me, he changed me, and it's him who changes me. I wonder if you know what he's chipping away in you right now, or what he'd like to. And remember, it's his work. Yes, we have to show up. Yes, we have to submit. But this is his work. And again, I think we miss this so easily, and the, and the, and the enemy is constantly drawing us back into a different narrative that says that I need to change me. And that's a pretty miserable cycle, isn't it? That is a really miserable cycle. When you think that you're responsible for changing you, you try very hard, and in our kind of context, you pray very hard, and you work very hard, and then you look back, oh, it hasn't really, and then you fall flat on your face, and you do loads of confessing, and God, I'm so sorry, I'll, try better, I'll do better next time, and you try hard again, and it's this, it's this perpetual cycle of dismal failure, because we think that we're taking responsibility on ourselves, that we've got to make all the choices, and it's all our, all our effort, and why aren't I different than I was 10 years ago, or 20 years ago, or 30 years ago, and actually, maybe it's because it doesn't work, and then people might leave churches, because it doesn't really work, and I'm no different than I was 40, 50 years ago, because we're stuck in this miserable kind of cycle. 
We're changed. That's tragic, isn't it? That is tragic. I mean, truly tragic. Because we bought the lie that it's up to us. But we're changed by Jesus. That's the gospel here. We're changed by his touch, not by trying hard. As we choose to be with him, as we learn to enjoy him, as we constantly make priority of welcome, of presence, of intimacy, of his home is my heart. My heart is his home. Submitting to him there, submitting to the, the divine chisel. Read John 15 if you need more convincing about that. I need to close. So many theories of, of change management, so many theories and, and practices of, of behavior modification, all of them good. But the gospel is about Jesus changing us, Jesus transforming us as, as we humbly submit to his work. His touch is so powerful. I love this story I read, read this week uh, to finish. There's a doctor who had to remove a tumor from the face of a young woman uh, quite recently. Uh, and in the process of surgery, was forced to remove a small part of a nerve um, in her face permanently, which left her mouth twisted, just uh, in, in slightly disfigured. And she asked the surgeon, will my mouth always be like this? And he had to say, yes, I'm very sorry, it will be. It, it will always be like that. But at that moment, the surgeon reports, he, he said, it was a beautiful moment because the husband was there. And the husband said, oh, I, I rather like it. I, I think it, it's quite cute. And he bent down to kiss his wife, and he contorted his own lips <laughs> in order to meet hers in an embrace and to show that their kiss would still work. I read that story and thought of Zacchaeus. I thought of, of you or of me in that state before we welcome the Lord, twisted actually, contorted in, in, in some way by the pain and brokenness of our, of our sin and the world. Here's Jesus. Here is Jesus, Palm Sunday, friends riding into town. Here's Jesus, who knew no sin, who knew no twistedness at all, leaving the glory of heaven, riding into the city on a donkey, beginning to meet people where they're at, allowing himself to be twisted and more tormented for us on a hill outside the city, to meet us in our own disfigured condition. Isn't that a beautiful way of seeing the, the gospel story, bending down to kiss humanity. Martin Lloyd-Jones called it the romance of the gospel, so that anybody, anybody, including you, in any situation, including yours, coming out of any kind of past, including yours, can be touched and transformed forever as they experience, as they embrace the one who sees you and welcomes you and changes you. Amen. Amen. Such good news. We love the gospel of Zacchaeus. Shall we stand? <clears throat> well, as Liverpool hobbles to his guitar. Let's be quiet, friends. Uh, we, we've got plenty of time. Some children will probably join us at some point. We may need to go and collect other ones. But if you're new to us, we just consider this to be a very, very important part of our gathering, not an optional extra. This is where we get to do some business with the Lord. I'm not suggesting it hasn't been happening already. It probably has. Believe that the Lord will have been speaking because he's always doing that. So why don't you close your eyes and uh, have a little conversation with him right now.
I'll be quiet for a moment. Let's invite the Lord to speak. We say to you again, Holy Spirit, come. Speak to us. Show us. Illuminate us. We're going to wait for a bit today. is mainly a listening receiving moment more than it's a speaking moment but if you if you need a prompt it could just be thanks which opens the door thanks for seeing me thanks for welcoming me thanks for changing me keep going jesus yes thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord A lot of deep thanks. <laughs> There's a lot of deep gratitude and worship rising up in the room. Go with that. Thank you, Lord. God you are that you'd never actually take your eyes off us before you were even formed in the womb you said to us I, I saw you my eyes saw your unformed body wow I'm more than seeing father Thank you that it was always and is always your plan that we enjoy life together with you. Thank you for welcome and all that that means. And every way that you manifest that and every way that you've encouraged us and every way that you've enabled us to respond to that call. Every way that we've heard our name on your lips saying, you're mine. Come. And for every bit of chipping away at the marble, Lord, for every way that you love us as a masterpiece, but love us so much that you want us to enjoy more, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We say more. Please more. More in, in us individually, more in us in our families, more of us as a group together, as this community of faith in this place, that we be the kind of people together who show such strong evidence of your work, no one else's, your work in our lives, your transforming power in our lives, that we live it and receive it ourselves and then act it out in the world, unavoidably, inescapably, courageously, that more Zacchaeuses would come into the family. 
Father, thanks for knowing about all the stuff behind the walls. We freely admit that that much of it will be the, the consequence of our own stuff, some the consequence of others, but whatever is there, God, thank you that you see it. Thank you that you know it. Thank you that you know what it's like to feel the pain of it. disappointment and of fear of uncertainty thank you lord come holy spirit meet us in that place meet us in that place kind of presenting our twisted lips for the kiss of heaven today so touch us powerfully would you touch us powerfully would you touch us powerfully lord powerfully we don't want to stay the same please don't leave us the same This is for everybody because uh, the Lord doesn't leave anybody out. But it may be that for many of us in the room, some of us in the room, you want to, to grab a hold of this with, with as much force as you know how to. The way that we do that in this place is to invite you, to invite you forward. We say, come and fill up this space here because uh, it's a little easier to just bless one another, pray for one another here. So I'd love you to, to, to begin to do that. As you know the Lord's touch this morning. You may be able to articulate that. You may know what's going on, what he's putting his finger on, where he's meeting you. You may not, but you just have a sense. I've got a variety of things I believe the Lord is, is showing us, but don't wait for any of them to wait to come. I want to ask you to come, make your way forward. You just know that you, you his affirmation, his encouragement, his touch, the touch, the powerful touch. Let's start there. The powerful touch of God. You know you need that. Can you meet us in other places and ways, of course? But our history here is that he touches us powerfully as we come, as we take a little step in here. Helps us to take bigger steps out there, frankly. So come, just make your way at any point. I believe that uh, the Lord is showing us that um, we're not to be a community that is on the back foot. We're going through stuff, always do, but we're to be a front foot community, those who are confident of their hope in Jesus, not on the defensive. It's not to do with our circumstances, it's to do with our our attitude. The Lord is, is really stirring that. If that's you, you just know you've been a bit on the defensive, but you want to be on the front foot with the Lord, taking hold of his promises, living faithfully, just doing the small things. Just come, just come, make your way. Some of the um, things behind the walls, there'll be plenty, but uh, some particular words that stood out as I was praying. Uh, Disappointment was one. Strong sense of disappointment. Um, uh, Uncertainty was one, and confusion. That's what's lurking behind the walls. Joshua is in the business, Yeshua is in the business of dealing with some of this today. Some just carrying great sorrow, just great sorrow. 
could be uh, the loss of bereavement, but other things too. It's just a great sense of loss, great sense of, of sadness. If that's you, the Lord just wants powerfully to touch you this morning. Just come. <clears throat> uh, some are feeling stuck. You just feel, feel stuck. Not sure that there's been much change, perhaps. You're just stuck with love, with love for change in you, around you. More of you, Holy Spirit. More of you, Lord. More of you, Lord. As I wrote the words down in my notes about the gospel according to, and then fill in your name, I just had this strong sense that many in the room, you, you're just eager to write the next, the next bit. What's the next bit of, of my story? What's the next bit of testimony of, of me with God? What is that? I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you. Upstairs, the stairs at either end here or at the back. Just make your way down. There's a call on us to be sharing our stories, friends. somebody who's heard, heard the Lord's encouragement on this her own testimony this week would be that it was a small step that led to further things she couldn't see what the further things of encouragement would be but it was a small step a small acknowledgement uh, and uh, for some uh, this morning there will be a today will be a, a small first step just to take a step especially for those who haven't you haven't been moving <laughs> sense of, of not moving take a small first step you might not know what it would lead to. Take a full sm- a first step. That doesn't have to be up here, by the way. Just, just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Show me what my first step is, Lord. Put prayers on my heart, Lord. Lord, put prayers on our hearts, Lord. Where we just got stuck in our praying. Open us up, Lord. Spirit of wisdom and revelation. That, w- that we might know you better. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your power at work. Let's be praying God's power at work. Transforming power. blessing over the whole household. It's always an absolute privilege and a pleasure to do that. So we're going to continue to do our thing in here. At any point, friends, when you need to leave, if you need to go and collect little ones, 
then uh, go in, in peace and blessing. I think Jamie is just going to sing over us and the band just going to sing over us. Let's continue in worship if that's what you'd like us to do. I'm just going to pray blessing though. Make your way to refreshments when you're ready. Thanks for joining us. Father, thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for the kindness of God. It leads to repentance, Lord. It leads to, to change. We are so after change. We are so not interested in staying as we are now. Even as a church, as we are now, Lord, we, we, we speak the more of your kingdom over one another. Would you bless us to step into it step by step as you lead us. In Jesus' name. <laughs>